Let us pray. O Holy Spirit, come, come to us in this place and touch our hearts and minds and help us to have open hearts and open minds so that we may hear what you want us to and be. We thank you for your grace. And as we listen to the story of, the behind the story of amazing grace, speak to us and help us remember the moment that we met you for the first time. And help us to remind the grace that you pour out on us for the first time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> By the way, thank you so much, uh, Director Unju and the choir member at the, for the, uh, the, the special soul. I really appreciate that. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. When we hear the word grace, we immediately think of this hymn. Amazing Grace is one of the most beloved hymns of the last two centuries. And when we hear and, we, and when we sing this hymn, we as Christians feel something from deep inside of us. And we shuttle at the first words, amazing grace. Because we know what it means to us. Personally, I do not remember when I learned this hymn for the first time. I do not remember how I came to like this hymn. But what I can tell you is that definitely this hymn is one of my favorite. Whenever I sing this hymn, it always brings me to tears. It becomes my testimony, which cannot be, which cannot be explained without God's grace. This beautiful testimony-like song evokes our very first experience with God. The time when we were aware of God's grace for the first time. And our first aha moment when we realized that everything is by God's grace. Our life, our family, our work, even the air that we breathe, everything is by God's grace. The words of him are powerful enough to touch our hearts and our minds and make us humble before God and praise God's amazingness and give thanks to God who will always be with us and has touched our lives with God's amazing grace. The hymn Amazing Grace 
although it was written as a hymn, its popularity goes beyond church. This song has been sung almost everywhere, at church, at funerals, at weddings, at concerts, at demonstrations, even at battlefields. And this song gave comfort and a hopeful message to people. You might remember the former President Obama sang this hymn during the memorial service for Reverend Clementa Picnic, who was killed in a shooting at a Charleston church in South Carolina. And when he sang Amazing Grace, even the first word, people clapped, and then that moved so many people. Steve Turner, the author of Amazing Grace, the story of America's, America's most beloved song, says in his book, Amazing Grace is a hymn that's recognizable to almost every American, regardless of religious background. It seems kind of like an all-purpose and hopeful song. As Turner says, truly, this song has touched so many people's hearts and planted hope in their minds. Do you know who wrote this hymn? Or have you ever wondered who wrote this hymn? <laughs> have you wondered for what purpose this hymn was written? Let's dive deeper into the story behind the hymn Amazing Grace. This story hymn, which is closely associated with the African-American community, was written in 1772 by a former enslaver named John Newton, who later became an Anglican priest. Newton described his early life as rich. He was the only child of a sea captain father and a Christian mother who taught him the Bible at an early age. Unfortunately, his mother died when Newton was seven and he spent the next two years in boarding school before his father remarried and took him to live with his new stepmother. At age 11, he went to sea with his father and, make, uh, and made six voyages with him before his father retired. At which time, the young uh, John Newton signed on which, uh, with a merchant ship. At age 19, on his way to visit his friends, Newton was kidnapped and forced into service on a Royal Navy ship. He did not do well with Navy discipline. He tried to desert, but was captured and publicly flogged. Newton was so broken by this event that he considered suicide by throwing himself overboard. 
Later, he became involved in the brutal 18th century slave trade as a crew member for, the, for a slave ship to Africa. The work was horrific, and it cost many people's lives. What's worse, the rebellious young Newton did not get along well with the rest of the crew, so he left him. So they left him in West Africa with a slave trader who brutally abused him. Finally, Newton was rescued by a sea captain who knew his father. It was on. It was on his return ship to England. Then Newton experienced a spiritual conversion, what he later referred to as his great deliverance. He wrote in his journal that that night there was a violent storm that tossed the ship around. As the ship began to fall apart and began to sink, the situation seemed hopeless. While he was trying to keep the ship from going down, he thought about the state of his life. He knew he had run from God, even though his mother taught him about God's love and grace. And he hurt so many people. He was a bad man. He made a wreck out of his own situation, and he rejected God. And when he realized that he might die in the storm, he began to think if God would still be forgiving him, although he rejected God. And at the moment, he recalled what his mother had taught him from the Bible. God loves all people, including those who feel they are beyond redemption. And that moment, Newton asked for God's help for the first time in his life. And he cried out to God that, Lord, have mercy on me. And what happened? Your guess was right. <laughs> he was saved. He survived the storm. His prayer answered. And this incident marked in his hymn the hour I first believed. Upon his safe return home in the late 1740s, Newton married with Mary, and his life began a transformation. He was still serving for a slave ship, but his attitude towards slaves had been changed. He began to read the Bible, he, he led prayer meetings for his crew. He also began to ensure that every member of his crew treated their human slaves with gentleness and concern. 
but later he eventually quit his role in the slave trade and he stopped selling for a, for a living because he believed that the practice of slavery is against God's will. Although many people said the slavery was justified in the Bible. By God's grace, Newton, who used to be an advocate for the slave trade, became an Anglican priest actively working toward abolishing slavery. For the rest of his life, John Newton remembered that day, the day that he cried out to the Lord for the first time. The stormy night, May 10, 1748, as the date of his conversion, although he said it was only much later that he could consider himself to be a believer in the full sense of the word. While he served as a pastor, he wrote many hymns, simple and easy for the, new, for the use of plain people to promote the faith and comfort of sincere Christians based on his preaching. Amazing Grace is one of the hymns that he wrote for the people of only in England. According to Newton's diary, Amazing Grace was written as a reflection of First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 16 and 17. The passage for his New Year's Day sermon of 1773. When he med meditated on David's prayer, the prayer that he um, did receive, the prayer that he did after he received the message from Prophet Nathan that he could not build a temple for the Lord because he had so many blood. But God, we promised that his son Solomon will build a temple for the Lord. And God will bless his, his son Solomon and his descendant as he blessed David. So David said in this passage that, Who am I, O Lord, God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? O God, you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. You regard me as someone of a high rank, O Lord God. That scripture gave Newton a chance to look back over the events of past 17 years and to measure how far he had come and how much he had been blessed. Newton was reminded, reminded of God's grace that saved him out of his wretchedness and then gave him a second chance to save souls. And he wrote this hymn, Amazing Grace, based on his first-hand story. 
Let's take a new look at the lyrics of Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Till grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me, his word Lisa. helps. Oh, oh yes, yeah, stop, yeah, stop there, yeah. They're here. As we read, um, the first, second, and third verses depict his conversion story on a stormy night. How God's grace has saved him from his undeserved life and also from the storm. These stanzas reinforce the message of grace that saves, finds, brings, leads, and skewers by using contrasting words, wretch and grace, lost and found, blind, and see. The concept of grace echoes beautifully in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And wretch is a word that Newton liked to use for his other hymns. The word wretch, which means unfortunate, is actually a seafaring term. In Newton's life as a sailor, he once ran into conflict with the captain. And that captain demoted him to the lowest rank of seaman on the ship. Their rank was known as wreck. I'm sorry, wretch. He describes a dark, hard, and unforgiving life before being aware of God's grace as a wretch. Let's take a look at the next verses. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope secures. Will my shield and portion be as long as life endures? Yeah, when this flesh and heart shall fail, and mortal life shall cease, <clears throat> I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine, but God who told me. Here below will be forever mine. Thank you. Stand 4, 5, and 6 are written based on 1 Chronicles chapter 17, as David gives thanks to the Lord, who had been good to him all the time, and who also promised him that his steadfast love will be forever with his son Solomon and also with his descendants. 
by looking within the kingdom, amazing grace. One is able to understand a little bit about Newton's conversion. Although every person's conversion story is unique, there is something about this hymn that remains relatable to Christians everywhere. That is God's grace. By God's grace, we who once were wretched are saved. By God's grace, we who once were lost are found. By God's grace, we who once were blind now see. The tune we sing today for Amazing Grace is known as Early American Folk Melody. It was first known, uh, known as a plantation melody entitled Loving Lambs. Although this song originated in England by the former enslaver, the song grew in popularity, especially in the African American community, and touched many people at various, various stages of their spiritual walks. Not only because it was catchy tune, but because the words that Newton wrote related to every human who was lost, who was blind in sin, and who was and who needed saving grace. When we sing this hymn, it becomes our first hand story and it becomes our own testimony. Yes, with God's grace, now we become a new person in Christ. Our old selves are gone and we are born again in Christ by God's grace. By God's grace, we are no longer slaves of sin, but we are freed and we are saved. By God's grace, we have no fear, but live in hope. And we dream for our next generation and for the brighter future. Because we know our Lord will be with us all the time. And our Lord will lead us home where there's no sorrow, pain, or suffering. We stand firm in our faith because we know God's grace is sufficient for us. Brothers and sisters, where are you now in your spiritual journey? Are you lost? Are you blind? Are you caught in fear? Are you desperate? Remember the grace that saved your sick souls. Even though we can see the grace, but God's grace is here with us and touched each one of your souls. So ask God to touch your hearts again 
so that we can live in hope and that we can live in God's abundance grace. So church, rise and let us sing together amazing grace.